Hey there. If you'd like to learn more or dive a little bit deeper with Tim and I on some of these things we talk about on the podcast, we actually have some online courses available that we wanted to tell you about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really awesome. And we're excited to be offering them as well. They really dive into a couple of things. We've got leading effective meetings, which is a kind of like deep dive into the nuts and bolts of running meetings. And we've got shared work, which goes into the bigger picture of how we create change over time across the difference. And uh, so we'd love you to come and join us on one of these courses. As a podcast listener, you get a 25% discount. Just put in podcast 2020 uh, in the in the coupon code. And we'll have this in the show notes as well that you can use this coupon code. It's great. These courses are self-guided. You can do them at your own uh, pace. You ha- They have resources with them. It's a really great way to just dive a little bit deeper at a pretty low cost. And now you can get even 25% more off of that low cost. Findtheoutside.com backslash events hyphen courses. Welcome, welcome, my friends, to Find the Outside the Podcast. My name's Tim Merry. And I'm Tuesday Ryan Hart. And we today are going to talk about invitation. And not so much invitation as inviting people to things, but what is the invitation uh, in our lives and in the world right now? And so I think Tuesday and I are going to speak very directly to, you know, what are the invitations that we feel we're receiving mm. as kind of like individuals and leaders in this world of trying to get big change done? And what do we see as the bigger invitation that is going out to all of us who are being courageous enough at this particular time in the world to stay awake, see clearly and take action? I love it. And I think partially because I think when we talk about invitation, we tend to just like so focus outward, right? Like how do we invite folks in? And I think that that's really important. I think that it's a key part of our work as we think about systems change and equity. What's the quality of invitation? Like we're kind of pushing out into the world. It's hopefully a big wide net catching, like, you know, catching people to bring them in. Um, And in some ways, I feel like we've talked about that a whole lot. So I really like this different twist that you're bringing today around what is the invitation we're receiving that it's time for us to step into or be called up to. So you want to take a first go and we'll see. What are the invitations I'm saying yes to? Mm-hmm. I think is it, uh, and uh, the many levels that invitations turn up in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I just went down to Bioneers in uh, California and spent four days there, and uh, and it was an invitation that I said yes to, it. and like you know, and like straight up, part of the reason I accepted that invitation was because I could go with my daughter. Mm. Mm-hmm. you know and uh and we could have a trip together and she could be exposed to people and ideas mm-hmm. and concepts and movements that she would just never be exposed to in mm. my home bay <clears throat> nova scotia where we live right know? and so like one of my best moments was we were there was a reception for the speakers so i was there doing poetry and stuff right and uh, and there was a reception for the speakers and uh and we were chatting and the usual stuff and you know Emma's with me, slightly uncomfortable at 14 years mm-hmm. old, but like intrigued by the whole thing. And then this uh, Zarina comes up, who's a, a Siberian um, uh, Inuit mm-hmm. uh, leader and singer, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and so she came come up and introduced herself because she, you know. And so we got talking to her and her partner, and um, and then I got kind of like sidetracked by the partner and Emma was just talking to Zarina. Mm. And then I heard this like strange noise to my left and I looked over 
And it turns out that Zarina is a is an Inuit throat singer. <gasps> oh wow! And Emma had asked Emma had asked what throat singing is, and and she just leaned over and started like throat singing in her ear, you know, and uh, and it was what it was a particular type of throat singing called reindeer breath, which is like an imitation of the sound that reindeers make when they run, which is also part of Inuit indigenous song. Right. And so th- and so there was something about that moment that was like typified why that journey was important and why mm. and why, you know, that it was about my family. It was about uh, an invitation that engaged me and my life in in things I would never experience otherwise. Mm-hmm. It was about engaging with cultures and beliefs and song and poetry and ways of thinking out about the world that kind of expand me and expand my family's view and bluntly like really invited us both Emma and I to take into consideration a view of the world that's just bigger than ours Mm, you know mm -hmm. just more expansive like there were 95 indigenous nations at this event wonderful wonderful you know 400 young people from different indigenous cultures you know i mean it's a four thousand person event but still mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um you know and so so i just thought that was uh so I th- that's it i think there's something about the invitations that kind of like just as tim mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. are drawing me at the moment are things that are somehow expansive are somehow like pulling me to grow in unexpected and exciting ways and and the more I can bring people along who I love and care about, mm-hmm. and that would be yourself included, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the TO team, mm-hmm. the, the outside team. These are all, these aren't just my colleagues. These are people I care about. Right. The more we're heading into those type of spaces, the more thrilled I am to be there, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that is a, just a, just to get us going, a little bit of the kind of invitation that tugs at my heartstrings when it turns up. And then the response to it is, a yes, even before my brain's figured out the logistics. You know, that's, uh, it's so interesting to hear you say that because as you were talking, I was like, oh, wow, Tim has this whole kind of thinking about the invitation he accepted. And I know binaries and I know with Emma, like I know like it took more thinking. Yeah. Um, and I, at this moment, still feel, or maybe not still, I guess I'm I'm back in a cycle of, just saying yes to um, intuition. Like I, ha- I don't always have like this, the things that I feel like I did that when I was first, you know, when we first started working together, a lot of my thing was just, yes. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I'll try yeah. it. And it was really following yeah. my intuition a lot. And then I, and then I, my, my yeses <clears throat> led to a lot of work and led to, and so then it was kind of a little bit of like a, not a contraction, but a just like real discernment. Like, what am I yeah. going to say yes to now? What is, you know, what is like time away mean? And so I, I think I went into a real period of discernment for several years. And I feel a little bit now like I'm back to this little like, oh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that is, but I'll say yes. And we'll see as, you know, as long as it doesn't take away from my kids or my family in it. Um, so it's actually quite interesting. I'm just noticing that own part for me. Like there's a whole intuition part followed by a discernment. And then I think that's probably an ebb and flow. Um, while you were at Bioneers having a new experience, I was also having a brand new experience. I was invited to a collective consciousness retreat, which was something that was wholly new for me. 
there were about 12 of us who gathered in upstate New York for a three-day retreat, really exploring this idea of collective consciousness through ritual, through meditation, and through a dialogue, kind of a, a, a more structured dialogue practice with the intent that we could surface some kind of collective consciousness, surface what was between us. And while that certainly isn't exactly our work, the work you and I do, it was so akin to what we are trying to create in the world. It felt like, you know, one of those little side doors. I only knew one of the people who was there, um, but I had relationships with two uh, two others, um, not, not met, met in person, but kind of like knew of them. So there were kind of four of us there that were a little kind of subgroup um, and it was really, really beautiful. I had no idea what to expect. And I just went in. But the reason I went was because actually those three other people, I kind of adore. Like even the two that I hadn't met in person, like I just, everything about, everything I knew about them, I really liked. And then the person who invited me, of course, I adore. And so it was kind of like going on relationship. But it was also to me because it felt, when we talk about collective consciousness, it felt like you and I are walking a specific journey around awakening the collective, mm. right? And I, I actually yeah. believe that's what we're, I, th I think that's what I'm seeking in our work. Um, and this was like a door to the right. It wasn't our work exactly, um, oh. but the whole idea was to awaken our collective will toward a different future or our collective consciousness that would activate our will toward a different future. And it was just enough different from what we do, but aligned that I wanted to check it out. I wanted to see like, what is that work? And like within the first 10 minutes, someone in the group talked about trustlessness. And that was, it was, it was that, that field that Rumi talks about in some ways. That's how I, that's not how he put it, but it's like that the field beyond right, the and, field wrong. Beyond right and wrong. And he was talking about what right. if it actually trust was never the currency. Like that actually just left the conversation that we were at a place that was beyond trust, not because we just trusted so deeply, but that actually wasn't even the currency. It was for me as radical an idea as getting rid of capitalism, right? Wow. It felt like that kind of like we are in the wrong currency here. <clears throat> and what if we did something different? And so from the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I belong here. This is where I want to be. I want to be with people who are really pushing an edge and 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 toward our collective awakening and our collective will toward a different future. So it felt so close to what we do, but in terms of intent, but wholly different in practice. So yeah, that was an invitation I recently ex accepted and, and it was great. It was great. And I think about to say, I also kind of invited myself a couple years ago to like try a triathlon. And that sucked, right? Like that totally sucked. <laughs> so, I, But you did it. I did it. You did it. I did. From beginning to end, you crazy, crazy well, person. Well, it was ridiculous. You did it. But I think that- You were amazing. I just want to say, and I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it because I hated it. And like sometimes it's good to push through some things that aren't working for you. But I, I only bring that up to say, like in this place of intuition of accepting invitations, they don't always work out. It's not always no. like I had this beautiful weekend I had last weekend. Sometimes it's like, oh, no, that wasn't it. I'm just going to, you know, like, okay, that wasn't it. Mm. Sometimes you got to try things you don't like. I love this idea that we're both taking little side doors off, mm. you know, that end up feeding into the mainstream. So I want to talk about that call to collective intelligence mm -hmm. a little bit, 
right? But before then, I just want to like nose around the side doors yeah. a little bit, you know, and just get a flavor of those because I think they do. I think you and I have these little journeys mm-hmm. that we go on that then like actually end up pretty significantly informing our work together, you know, and some of those journeys are therapeutic. Right. Some of those journeys are courses right. we go to. Some of those journeys are uh, events we attend. Some of those journeys are conversations we have, mm-hmm. you know, with people we're close to. Like, but there are these like side journeys, and um, yeah. So I'm like, I just, you know, I was emailing you the other day, and I'm looking at this course around uh, investigating whiteness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That the System Studio is doing, you know, and like, and I find myself like, I'm curious about it, you know. I'm not completely convinced I'm going to enjoy it, you know, but there's something in my gut that says, go for it, go try this one, you know? And, uh, and I think that, I think we're both describing like the, the, uh, the tone, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of like, where is it? Where are the things that like, might just like push us or expand us a little further, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's pioneers, whether it's vest- investigating whiteness, where it's my therapeutic work right. around privilege and boarding school survivors. I mean, there's these channels we're on that like are fundamentally expansive that mm-hmm. are pushing us to welcome in a multiplicity of ourselves and a multiplicity of the world that increases our ability to turn up in the room and do our work with the multiplicity of perspectives right. and everything that turns up in those spaces, you know, like we're growing somehow. There's something about. Uh, yes. And not growing, learning, expanding, you know, I think, you know, we've talked about it before, but unless you're pretty frequently uh, coming right back to center after moving out of your comfort zone, when you get moved out of your comfort zone in rooms, it's really hard to know how to come back to center. It's like a, it's also like a practice ground, right? Like this expansion into, and actually it was, I, maybe I'll share this with you. I think this is so interesting uh, with my own therapeutic relationship. One of the things we were talking about this week was how uh, these neural pathways and they get so set, right? Like your neural pathways get so set. And so when you actually begin to create new neural pathways, even if the new neural pathways are like about, happiness and joy and new skill and love and all these different positive things that the actual your brain creating new neural pathways is a little bit destabilizing right it is a little bit like oh what am i going to do here your brain doesn't quite know what to do so unless we're in the practice of expansion and learning and growing which is making new neural pathways on an ongoing basis, like that can really unsettle us. So when we walk into a room and say, we're going to do systems change around equity, but we're going to do it in a really different way than you ever imagined. And like, take off your mechanistic hat and try emergence, right? Like that, that is new neural pathways for people. And of course it's destabilizing. And so I think for me, you know, part of what we bring is like, no, no, this is all right. Like you got it, right? Like we provide that a little bit of like that holding. But I also think we can say, no, no, this is okay. It's all right. Because both of us are kind of actively working to expand ourselves too. I was, um, uh, I went to, I went to a workshop, uh, uh, Bioneers. I don't often go to kind of breakout workshops, uh, usually because I, by the time I actually get the opportunity to have some time alone, I'm like, ooh, I'm alone. <laughs> That's right. Um, 
<laughs> yes. Um, so, but nonetheless, this, the, uh, you know, it was around the sacred masculine, which is something mm. you've been really encouraging me to investigate in my life, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I went to this workshop around it uh, and it was, it was a great, it was a panel discussion, you know, so it was, it was great to hear these, the folks talk. But there was one fellow there, Jerry Tello, um, uh, a, a very, very inspiring man. Um, and he was just talking about his experience of working with the kind of sacred masculine. And he finished on Mm. this line, which, you know, basically he's like, it all comes down to do your own work, Uh, mm. do your own work. And that's a little bit of what you're pointing at. I think, you know, you're Mm. pointing at like, you have to do your own work. You have to go seek out in the world difference or trust your intuition, you know, Mm -hmm. to take you to places that push you beyond your comfort um, because that pushes, that forces you into your own work, doesn't it? It mm-hmm. forces you to grow. And um, yeah, do your own work. I just, as you were talking, I was remembering him sitting on the stage with his hat on and he just leaned forward and he was just like looked at it because they had their final comments, you know, he was just like, do your own work. And I was like, yep, that's it. Well, that that's an like invitation, the best advice. right? That's an yeah. invitation, right? And it's, you know what, when elders speak, sometimes it feels like an instruction. Mm. <laughs> fair enough slightly more than a, a you know mm-hmm. and uh you know so it's good it's good to when we're in a position so often of being the speaker or being the right. person who's holding the space it sometimes actually feels really important to sit back and listen and, and uh, allow elders to tell you what to do mm-hmm. do, your own, do your own work you know mm-hmm. so you said something earlier, mm-hmm. which is around our work, because you feel like our work is on a path of kind of like uh, uh, unleashing or something. You use some really lovely adjective <laughs> around uh, collective intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or the collective, actually, I think yeah, is what the you said. You, know? yeah. you feel like our work is on a path towards kind of uh, freeing the collective or something mm-hmm. or like... Uh, Right. Mm-hmm. And can, so can you just talk a little bit? Because we've talked a little bit about ourselves and what we think is the personal work. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess I'm trying to take us into what's the invitation in the world, you know, and maybe yeah. we go at this from like, what's the invitation in the world that the outside is responding to, that the collective of practitioners that we're building is really mm-hmm. responding to. And, mm-hmm. I, and I felt like you began on that. And I was like, wait a minute, come back. So yeah. I just want to bring you back into that track and have you kick us off there. Well, I want to say, I don't know that and I'm going to be so interested to hear your answer too, because I don't know that I've, I've articulated this specifically. So, and it's still, but there's no doubt like my own path. We've talked about this before, right? That old art of hosting question, if you were born in question, what would it be? Right. My Mm. question is like, how do I help these people be together better? Right. So then like all of that work is like, it's, it's wait, wait, just slow down there. You said all that stuff really fast. There's an old art of hosting question that says, (laughs) If you were born a question, what question would you be? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. See, I'm not an I'm like I'm one of the co-founders of the art of hosting and no one's ever asked me that question. So I, I think that's a pretty interesting question. I feel and I, like Toka asked me that question like the second time we sat down together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah. so uh so you maybe you should answer. Uh, but my and your, answer, and your your answer was <laughs> my answer. It's just an interesting question to consider, just for the listener, just not to like zoom over. Oh, if you're a born a question, what question would it be? It's fascinating. And your answer was, how do I? Bring oh, it was immediate. Together? It was immediate. Like as soon as he asked me, like I was like, how do I help these people be together better? 
Love that. And Thank so you. it was like, oh, right. And I mean, not, I mean, I don't want to go down too much, but it was like, you know, from the, I feel like from the moment I was born, part of like my work has been like helping people be together better. That starts in your family. Then I was a social worker, right? And now we do systems change. I mean, it's a very clear thread. Um, and so, I mean, it's certainly more nuanced than how do I help these people? I'm one of those people, you know, how do I help all the people inside me be together better? Like it's, it's not just like an acting out onto the world, right? Mm -hmm. And how I understand it at this point in my life <clears throat> is really how am I best contributing, supporting, uh, pushing, guiding, um, nudging, titillating all those living systems were toward collective liberation. Like, what does that actually mean? Not just personal liberation, which I think is incredibly important, is my own journey. Um, but but what is it? How can we become free together? And maybe if I think about the last time we had a Soke on the podcast, how are we free together that we just don't even know yet? Um, and so uh, what I- What if it's been there all along and we just never switched it on? Exactly. 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 It goes right back to those words of your poem. It goes right back to our, our guiding principles of the outside. Like maybe we're not actually creating it. We're uncovering it. And so um, that it's there. It's just like dusting off, right? Um, dusting off the, uh, and making it shiny and we can go forward. And so I actually do see our work, like whether it's with a humanitarian organization or whether it's with sport or whether it's with child welfare or whether it's with, you know, shifting economies or whether it's with the government of Nova Scotia, that to me, like all of that work is like, it's like the dress or the clothing, but the, the bones underneath the body underneath is collective liberation. How are we becoming more free together? And so like all of those things, how are we shifting resource, power, wealth, uh, so that we can have more freedom for all of us? How are we building our relationships toward more connection and at the same time, more freedom? Like I don't, freedom doesn't come without connection. Um, and so that for me feels like a really, like, I feel like, look, I've never lived in another time. I cannot tell you that this hasn't been like, you know, people are really caught up and like, this is the time above. I don't know. I've never lived another time. I think perhaps um, it's always been possible. But what I feel now is that actually it's becoming more possible. This, this personal and collective liberation is becoming more possible. And my life energy is going to go toward that. And the way it's going toward that is through our work. Like that's how I know to do it. And I think there are many, many other streams. Like I said, that door to the right, I was just in last weekend. Beautiful. Um, it's not the outside's work, but I think all of that is is contributing. That's what I got. What do you think? I just said a lot. I love it. Thank you. So the question one, like if I was a born mm -hmm. a question, what question would I be? Mm -hmm. uh, I would love for any listeners to go to our Facebook page. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should you know, why not? Why not? Just just for the fun of it. Go to the Facebook page, and if you were born a question, what question would it be? And like, post it on there or uh, on our Instagram with a photo. Like, tag mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. It would be lovely to hear from some of you out there. If you were born a question, what question would it be? Mm -hmm. um, I just there's a lovely question. Um, and and uh, you know, the first answer I got in my head um, is you know, uh, and it's so much less inspiring than yours is. Uh, <laughs> No, it is genuinely, which is a, uh, which is like, uh, how do we create the conditions for people to solve their own problems? How can I create the mm. conditions 
for people mm. to solve their own problems. Like, how do mm. I create the conditions? I mean, I think it is about collective intelligence or collective wisdom or unleashing the collective. But there's actually like there's a there's a there's an element of that which is like people actually making progress together. Like there's mm-hmm. some sense of like finding solutions, mm-hmm. taking steps, mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. progress. Actually like I want to see people get shit done. <laughs> I want to yeah. see them resolve what seem like insurmountable challenges. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I really like maybe it's like the entrepreneur in me or mm-hmm. and like and everything I've seen and everything I've learned since I was a young man is that there's no better way to do that than getting people together and mm. figuring things out across their difference. Mm. I actually, if I thought there was a faster, quicker way to get it done, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't harming people and planet. I'd go for it. But mm-hmm. genuinely, like, I don't even know how 44 years of experimentation in all kinds of different things throughout my career, you know, seven different companies. Like, it, it, like I'm, I'm, I don't see a better way mm. of tackling the complexity of challenges we're faced with in our families, in our communities, in our organizations, um, in our faith groups, in our churches. I just don't, I don't, how are we going to do this unless we figure out how to turn to each other yeah. and take action? How are we going to do this unless we can figure out how to have relationship across significant differences of opinion, class, wealth, race, religion, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Economy, mm-hmm. right? Like if, how are we going to do this if we can't get along enough across those differences and take action together? Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're going to be able to solve any of the challenges we're facing, whether it's like how I raise my daughter in a hypersexualized world or whether it's how an international humanitarian organization can be responding more effectively right. to the needs of its direct stakeholders on the ground all over the world. I don't know. I don't know. The only way, the only way we're going to do it is turn to each other and figure it out you know and and i feel like that's what it does you create the like i'm constantly looking at through my career increasingly level increasing levels of scale about how we create the conditions for people to figure it out themselves to own it and figure it out to not build a dependency on me or you right, or the outside right. you know yeah. but to find it in relationship to each other and so I think if I was a question, that'd be it. Like, it, you, you know, mm. and it feels like slightly harder edged and less spiritual than yours, which I feel, you know, I feel a little sad about. But, uh, but, <laughs> you know, it's true, Mary, you definitely lack depth. I was just thinking, Ugh. I just feel like, you know, I'm pretty shallow, you know, and, <laughs> and I generally just want to see the results at any cost. You know, that's generally how I roll, right? Choose, you could, that's right. You know, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the last period of time will know that. You know, yeah. Tuesday balances me in that way. Yeah. That's right. And yeah, yeah. I like to fulfill all white male stereotypes as often as possible. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, but I think, I think, I think something in what we're both saying is the calling of the work. You know, is this uh-huh. deep, uh-huh. this deep collective arising that you're speaking to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this like, unarticulable feeling mm-hmm. of like something's happened here and we're different now yeah and we're in this together in a in a way that isn't strategic or conceptual mm-hmm. but it's felt you know belonging and that ability to move from that quality of belonging 
into action together, into doing something together, you know? Mm -hmm. I do feel like it's not enough just to create the conditions for people to get together and connect, you know? Nor is it enough just to create the conditions for people to take action. Mm -hmm. It's like... Tim? Yeah. Do you think... I mean, I'm just... I'm really curious as you said that, like... And I, I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter, but I just have a question. Like there's so much talk about this time. Like, do you think this is a different time in human history for this? Or do you, I'm just curious. Like, do you think like, is there something special or possible at this time? I guess like there, there's a part of me that wants to go like, I don't know. Cause I never lived in another time and I don't, but there does feel like there's some awakening wanting to happen. And maybe it's always been there, but I can just feel it more palpably people wanting to work differently, people wanting more. And I don't mean more material. I mean like more depth, more connection, more spirit. I mean, except for you with your question, most people want more. Um, well, I think, I think you're asking a question that someone like Gibran Mm -hmm. is better qualified to answer mm -hmm. you know not qualified or even my brother peter mary is mm. you know who've like done like you know done very specific investigation into evolutionary leadership mm -hmm. like what is the evolution that is happening mm -hmm. in our in our time i think there's a big there's a big question and, and i don't necessarily feel tapped into that mm. to be completely honest what I, what i do feel like is you know add the explicit label i definitely feel like shit's crazy right now okay yeah. You know, and like, like, is it relatively more crazy than it was 200 years ago? Is it? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like asking me, like, you know, when you say to Tim, what happens after death? Mm. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of go, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know I'm alive. Yeah. And I do know I'm breathing. Yeah. And my goodness, that mm. feels precious. Mm. And what am I going to do with that? And I think that nice. tends to be like where I go when, yeah. I, you know, it's like I'm, I'm willing to hold the mystery. Yeah. What happened in the past or what the future may hold for us. But what I do know is that, uh, you know, I've been given this precious little bit of life and these precious breasts that go in and out of me. And and I'm left with the question every day of of how am I going to use that? How am I going to live that? Mm hmm. You know, and, and, and I can, and that makes just in my little world shoes, that makes sense to me, mm, you know, that mm. makes sense to me. And like, and it makes it irrelevant what results I get. Yeah. I know, although I just said my whole thing was about results. It actually just makes <laughs> it like, even regardless of result, I'm not sure I would do anything different. I mean, mm -hmm. so we, ha we had this conversation at Bioneers with, when Emma was there and there was a guy who just kept saying basically like, yep, we're, we're, you know, we're effed. You know, uh, you know? Mm -hmm. and uh, that was like an ongoing joke at Bioneers because Facebook was being positioned as one of the people who was effing everybody. But they're, uh, of course, it's their logo, right? Right. So, um, and so, and and so, it just came to the point for me was like, well, and I was like, well, so what? Right. Like, if if this if our species is going to go extinct, like if that's the level that you're thinking at, you know, mm -hmm. then uh, does that change what you do every day? Right. Does that change what I do? Do I treat my daughter differently as a result? Mm. Do I try any less hard? Do I like not give from my heart and soul to the things that feel meaningful in my life and my world? No, I just do it with greater awareness and greater attention and greater poignancy and mm -hmm. greater care, mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it's just like, 
I don't know whether this is a unique time in the right. world. I don't know whether consciousness is awaking mm-hmm. in a way that's unprecedented. I don't know whether we're evolving as a species mm-hmm. into uh, into the next level on the spiral dynamics chart. Like, I just don't know. I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just, I just don't know. But what I do know is I'm alive mm. and I want to make the best of it. And I want to live in a way that feels true to my heart and true to the people I love and is kind mm. and helpful. I, love I know it. that. Well, friend, that seems more than enough. Really? I mean, like, really? <laughs> well, it's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Very, very nice. Hey, look, we're moving towards the end of this podcast. Is there anything you want to say? In closing here about the invitation, either the invitation you're feeling in this world or the invitation that the world is giving us as people or as leaders at this time who want to see big change done. Do you know, I actually want to answer a different question (laughs) before we leave. (laughs) That seems totally reasonable. (laughs) I guess I, um, what I wanted to end on was like, just like asking our listeners to get a little quiet and see what are the invitations that they're receiving now. Um, yeah, because this has been a it's been a great like I feel like that question is like alive in me right now. What are the invitations I'm receiving? And so I just like to like kind of gift that out to the folks who are listening to like just get get a little quiet and 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 not only answer to us what question you're born with, but if you want to on Facebook, tell us what are the invitations you're receiving now. And of course, those invitations are big and small. So that's how I'd like to leave today. So uh, choose, I'm actually going to bring one of my own songs in today. And uh, I know like many years ago, Mark Durkee and I uh, made an Mm -hmm. album together. Some of it got radio play and uh, did it really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, but we but uh, uh, there was there's a period of really prolific poetry writing for me. um, And one of the tracks that came out was uh, Switch It On. And so it was originally a poem that Mark then laid down guitar underneath. And then Gary Blakemore, who does the music for our for our podcast, he actually did the production of the whole track, you know. Did he and really? So, yeah, yeah. So he Aww. did it. And then and then the guy, you know, at the, the end of a track, you have a kind of a mastering process. At the end of an mm-hmm. album, you have a mastering process. And the mm-hmm. same person who mastered Pink Floyd kind of did the fairy dust on our album. Yeah, would you believe it? Hilarious. Whoa. Anyway, so this is a track called Switch It On. It's by Marion Durkee. It's produced by Gary Blakemore. Um, the vocals are by myself and Mark, and uh, the guitar is by Mark, and all the beats and production you hear is Gary. And uh, so enjoy. I hope it's a nice contribution to, uh, to, to the conversation we've been having today. Stepping up to voice my choice To let it go, the flow is beyond control So if you fall, roll then rise Open your eyes, see the fresh horizon Great eastern sunrise and resplendent Transcendent, heaven sent The full perspective reflective of the soul Far unseen, subtle being The place in which Gandalf and Arthur ride Where secret valleys hide Where Isaiah spoke messiah the second coming is the inner fire walking the wire to paradise lost in the frost this is the time of a great turning great burning great thought i am sure the final unmasking now i'm asking <laughs>
been there all along and we just never switched it on. Weather's been there all along and we just never switched it on. Weather's been there all along and we just never switched it on. Weather's been there all along and we just never switched it on. Shangri-La is not far, Shambhala, Camelot, Glory, Dante's Peak of Mount Purgatory, Heaven here on Earth, the ultimate way to serve, the place of shift where we all uplift to the fourth dimension, Paradise is not hidden in the ice, it's here, beyond the fear, the next tier, the fog begins to clear to reveal a divine seal as we fall, roll and rise, open our eyes to the higher, or walk through the mirage onto solid ground, paradise found, solid ground, paradise found. Perception, perception, feeling back reality to feeling inside of me of future generations calling us on like the wind in the sails of a ship in a storm. Life, momentum, never ending. Waves from behind, echoes in my mind, nagging unease. This itching ain't fleas, it's the future coming in on the breeze. That's a great one. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're sharing that. Okay, so I have rediscovered in the last three days a book called Make Me Your Own by Tasha Silver, and it's a book of poetry. And I, this one is called Beckoning the Eclipse. I might actually have read one of her poems before, but I just, it's a short one. Beckoning the Eclipse. Relax. Let the early rays of the sun Lick your hands open to accept and allow. Drop your hard and disappointed shield. Invite surprise. Besides that, 
nothing. Whatever was planted long ago will now bloom if it is meant to be. Not necessarily tomorrow or today, but in a month or three. Let the warmth of the sun uncoil your tired mind and body to lure and entice you open to receive. Thanks, Juice. Yeah, I love that. Invite surprise and besides that, nothing. That's it for this episode of Find the Outside the Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. New episodes of the podcast are available every second Tuesday. If you'd like to get in touch with us about something you heard on the show, you can reach us at podcast at findtheoutside.com. You can find links to any of the resources, poems, books, songs we mentioned during the show in the show notes for this episode over at findtheoutside.com slash podcast or in the description for the podcast in the podcast app you're listening to us on. You can find the song we played in today's show by yours truly and every song we played in previous shows on the playlist we created on Spotify. Just search Find the Outside on Spotify playlist or you can find a link over at findtheoutside.com backslash podcast. This episode was edited and produced by Mark Coffin at Sound Good Studio. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. And theme music for Find the Outside podcast is by Gary Blakemore. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.